You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, our first rapid react for the regular season of 2021, the 49ers victorious, beating the Detroit Lions 41-30. Three. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you. It was a laugher, but uh, it, it was not funny at the end. They, they got a little too close, <laughs> right, Croc? Like, that was... What the hell was going on at the end of that game? There, there, was, there was no reason to feel like at the end of the fourth quarter, like, wow, it, could this really happen? Like, it was cute for a while. I was like, okay, they're going to have an onside kick and all that and, you know, play in prevent defense, go down a score, maybe, whatever, at the end of the game. It was like, they had an opportunity, kind of, you know. They ran out of time, obviously, which which tends to happen when you're trying to go from 41-17 to, to tie the game with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. But, wow, everything went wrong. Uh, they still ran out of time, though. So, yeah, 41-33, Croc, your immediate takeaways. I, and, by the way, for the listeners out there, this is my first regular season rapid react with Crocker as the co-host here. I kind of want these... We're recording Sunday night. The, the Chicago Bears and Los Angeles Rams are playing right now. And we're just kind of, I want these to be loose episodes with just whatever comes to our minds and our thoughts about the game, our immediate reactions. And we'll go back in, watch a little bit more of the games, come back and maybe focus a little bit more offensively, defensively scheme and personnel and what's going on with this team and have some Winky Wednesdays mixed in and then start looking at the next opponents. But I want these rapid react episodes to just be kind of loose and not a lot of... Uh, not a lot of format here, so Croc. Not, not gonna, really in depth. Yeah, in, not, we'll get some in depth, and we have some big time thoughts, I'm sure, and we have probably yeah. have some. Yeah, we both took notes watching the game, and I already saw that you have some notes there. So, um, just big picture though, what was your what was your big takeaway with this my, game? Forty one thirty three Niners. My main takeaway was it's better to have that type of game and end up in a win, right? It, it's an ugly mm-hmm. W. But one thing I really like about it is you're going on the road. You got to play Philadelphia next week, a team that you're probably going to be favored again. And I feel like the ending of that game was kind of perfect in a sense of humbling, like a humbling experience. Like, hey, this is what happens if you don't do everything right. And I think that's the 49ers now know, like, man, if we we don't keep our foot on the gas pedal, we can potentially kind of get into some trouble. So. There's a lot of good things to point to, and then also you can point to the second half of things that you can improve on. That's a great point. The 49ers went out there, and they won pretty easily. Like It was a route at one point in this game, and, and the final score doesn't tell you how much the 49ers really dominated most of the game until the final six minutes or so, and maybe some PTSD for, for those fans that uh, remember the Super Bowl not that long ago that the 49ers lost with about that same amount of time left on the clock, except for a more a narrow lead in a much better football team they are playing against. But that's a great point that this is material for Kyle Shanahan to be mad about for these like that was a, a big win in week one. And he and Kyle Shanahan gets to come out and rip the team. Right. Yeah. And, and well, be well, fired up about it. And and D'Amico Ryans needs to be fired up about the defense. And do you think that at the end of that game, because I've got a lot of people that said, what the hell was D'Amico Ryan's doing? A little bit too much prevent defense. What was happening there? I think it was more circumstance more so than D'Amico Ryan's scheme necessarily on defense because, I mean, those guys, uh, Nick Bosa, first of all, that he was that he needed to be on the field still late in the fourth quarter. 
He was dripping in sweat. He was gassed. He played not at all in the preseason. Like these guys weren't prepared to yeah, go eighty zero, snaps on defense, right? And someone said, somebody in the comments said the 49ers defense played like 80 snaps. That's not ideal. <laughs> Nuts. That is crazy. Especially for D4 and Nick Bosa. Now, D4 didn't play as many snaps as Bosa, but I mean, zero to 100. And yeah, man, I mean, D'Amico Ryans, he's going to be able to point to those first pretty much three quarters of good defensive football guys flying around making plays. You saw uh, Dre Greenlaw with the pick six, you know. And also some ugly mix in there, right? You had the the gashes in the run game and whatnot. But, again, everything is a coachable moment. Like, the 49ers aren't winning the Super Bowl in week one. Now, I know everybody wants to see this look perfect. At the end of the day, you went on the road. You went on the road against Detroit, and you came out with a win. Now, let's let's coach up these mishaps, and there's a lot of them. That's well put. Yeah, they you, you came out with a win, and everything went wrong in the last quarter, right? In the fourth quarter. Everything went ex- as wrong as possible. They still came out with a W, and that's sort of why you play prevent defense because you know the team is going to run out of time. The onside kick, the Debo fumble, the, it couldn't have gone worse for the 49ers, and the Lions still ran out of time, so it really wasn't that close. I, the 49ers, I don't feel like we're ever actually in danger of losing that football game, but... It was a little bit too narrow, a little bit too close for comfort there at the very end. I think I think that's a good yeah. way to put it. I, I do think the one thing that kind of stood out right away was just, aside from the fumble in the first offensive play of the season <laughs> that they lost, <laughs> but they were really sharp offensively. You know, I saw something that said, you know, outside of that one play, they they scored on every other drive in the first half. So the execution was there. Trey Lance. First touchdown pass of the season for the team. His first passing attempt in the NFL was a touchdown. Um, that was cool. And then we'll get into the usage of them because it was a little clunky. But we're talking about initial reactions. And my initial reaction was, again, we're not winning the Super Bowl in week one. So just because the the two QB system or whatever, getting Trey Lance in there wasn't fully effective to what you would like to see later in the year, like, okay, well, like, okay, well let's get it right. And I think that was a good opportunity to do that. I mean, I would say the two QB system was as effective as you could ever want. Jimmy Garoppolo's passer rating, 124.2. Trey Lance's passer rating, 127.1. Let's go. (laughs) They're averaging over 125 passer rating per game right now in this two QB system. Lance, obviously, one for one passing. That's the other thing. Lance never came back. Second drive of the game, they got in the red zone. It was like, okay, this is going to be a red zone. And that's kind of how I expected the Lance usage to go. That's where I think he can make the biggest, you know, um, impact on wins for the 49ers this year is just red zone usage because of how he can run and what he could do around the goal line. And as soon as they got in the red zone, boom, Trey Lance was in there. Then Garoppolo came back in. Then Trey Lance came back in, threw a quick little touchdown pass to Trent Sherfield. But one of one for five yards and a touchdown for Trey Lance's career. But Jimmy G was efficient. Jimmy G was really good. Aside from that fumble, and look, that was the first snap of the season. He's trying to get out of there. Uh, he said after the game, it was on him. It was his fault. It wasn't uh, Alex Mack's sweaty butt. I hope it wasn't on the first snap of the game. Uh, but but Garoppolo was good. 17 of 25, 314 yards, 12.6 average, which is, that's the thing. Because like Garoppolo's efficiency would, like especially last year, and Garoppolo's efficiency would be, you know, low yards per attempt. But it was a little bit higher. He made a couple throws, let some receivers make some plays for him. Touchdown, zero interceptions. He had the turnover with the fumble, but that was the first play of the game. Move past that. He was only sacked one time, uh, 124.2 rating. So, you know, I mean, 
I think Jimmy Garoppolo came out of this smelling like, like roses, and I was surprised that Trey Lance got in there in the second drive of the game and never came back. Well, I I think – no, he came back later in the game. There was a third in – Oh, you're right. Yes, yes. Sure. Yep, yep. He showed up in uh, – in the, it was at the second half. He didn't play again in the first half, right? It was the second half. He showed right. Back it was up. like second half. He came in for one play mm-hmm. and they ended up having to punt it. And and that's kind of – I don't want to say my issue Yeah, again. it was a third down play. That was well, the one – no, well, that was funny. That was uh, – they cut to sh- – because that was – there was a holding penalty or something, right? And it pushed him back to like third and 20, third and 18. It was a long third down play. They and did was, that for to get a field goal, but there was another one where they ended up having to punt the ball. Right, but then it, it was funny because it, it, they cut to Shanahan and he like flipped around to his 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 pamphlet that he's looking at, you know, his play call sheet, and he like flipped around to the other side and like looking on his face is like, oh, let's see what I have for third and like twenty, third and eighteen, yeah. like, and, <laughs> and then all of a sudden. Uh, Trey Lance runs on the field. He's like, okay, that's what that side of the the call sheet is. That's the Trey Lance stuff. So that was really funny how uh, the camera caught him doing that, and he flipped it over, and you can see the look on his face. He's like, oh, what do I have for this kind of bullshit situation? You know, and he flipped it over, and he found Trey Lance, and Trey Lance ended up, you know, running for two yards or something. Ah. All right, hold on. I, I got something to say about the Trey Lance stuff. Let's let's hold off on that. Let's talk a little bit more def- offense, a little bit more defense. Our big takeaways from this game. This is a rapid react episode. We're going to get deeper. We got plenty of episodes to talk about this game because there is so much to get into. And Croc, you and I, the first thing we said when we got on was like, well, there's too much for this episode. Like, there's so much going on here. So we're going to dive deeper in the next couple of episodes. Uh, more notes on offense. More notes on defense. We got to give out our game balls as well for this week one victory. 49ers victorious. Over the Lions in week one. 1-0 one atop the NFC West, no matter what happens with the Rams tonight. 41-33. We'll finish up this uh, Locked On 49ers Rapid React episode from week one coming up. I hope you got in on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show Survivor Pool. If you did not, you can start your own pool at runyourpool.com. Fantastic folks over there. Super easy to use website to run whatever NFL pool you wish the premier sports pool hosting service run your pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends family or office mates they offer dozens of formats including survivor pick'em squares margin confidence pools 33 and more run your pool hosts formats for nfl and college football with one week games full season playoffs or for the super bowl Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. You can even brand your pool for your local business, bar, or restaurant. Reconnect with friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout. Anywhere, everywhere in the world, Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete this NFL season. The season starts September 9th. Start today at runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. Getting ready for that regular season. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. I think this is sort of an aesthetics thing for me. It's not about anything else. And I, there's that Instagram account that always posts like old 49ers footage that I love. It's called, I think, 49ers Rewind on Instagram. In, NFL sure you, Rewind. Is it, there's a 49ers specific one, though. Oh, I think okay. it's called 49ers Rewind. I don't remember what it was, But they always have like these old clips. And, and, and there was one today, and it showed 49ers and, and 
uh, Lions from way back in the 80s, you know, Joe Montana, 49ers. But all I love, and I think it's just because of w- when I was born and when I started watching football in late 80s, 49ers, and those split backs, the old school West Coast offense, you know, with the split running backs. There's something really beautiful about the offense, and I love the Bill Walsh version of the West Coast offense. It can be very beautiful, but one thing aesthetically that doesn't please me about football, whether it's college or NFL, is zone read. It's not that fun to watch. You know, and, like, and when I see a quarterback and Trey Lance comes in the game, he does this zone read thing and he gets two yards. I'm like, eh, that doesn't do anything for me. Prefer not to have my quarterback in the middle of a cloud of dust. Let the dude, like, let's go naked boot and chuck it. You know what I mean? Like, the, the zone read thing just doesn't do a lot for me aesthetically. Not so much about if it's a good scheme or not. And it, The 49ers obviously need to use Trey Lance's athleticism, but the zone read's just boring to me. It, I, don't know, I like that, it. I like it when the quarterback pulls and like when the when the end just dives in hard and the quarterback pulls. Yeah. When it works like that, it is definitely more fun to watch. Even when it works in the run game, I don't care too. I mean, obviously, like I'm excited for what it means for the 49ers. Like, oh, okay, like gashing run or whatever. But when the quarterback pulls, when that just guy crashes down and the quarterback pulls, I think that's that's as beautiful as any play in the NFL. All right, hold on. Okay, so let's stick with offensive notes. We'll we'll talk more about defense in a bit. Two major things right now, and this is non-week one game related, really. This is more me geeking out on the roster, what's going on with the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. And Dude, the 49ers traded up for running back in the third round and Trey Sermon. He was running back two all preseason long. He was a healthy scratch in this game. Then Brandon Ayuk was the dude, wide receiver one. He was <laughs> traded up for in the first round last year. He was wide receiver one all offseason long. Week one shows up. They're both AWOL, non-factors. Trey Sermon is on the sidelines in a jumpsuit. Trey Lance might as well have been not targeted at all. He was wide receiver four at best in this game, which means he was behind Juszczyk. He's behind Hasty. He's behind uh, Mitchell. He's behind... Kittle, he's behind every pass catcher on the team that had a uniform in this game. Clearly, Brandon Ayuk and Trey Sermon, suddenly there were supposed to be big factors in the 49ers, probably the two highest drafted 49ers in fantasy leagues. Zero factor, non-factors. They are in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. The Kyle Shanahan doghouse thing is blowing my mind right now. Can you talk, can you talk me through this, Croc? What is going on with Trey Sermon and Brandon Ayuk? I, I don't know. The the Trey Sermon was interesting. And I noticed in preseason, I mean, it wasn't anything special about his run. Even when he was coming out of college, it was like, okay, you get Trey Sermon and you watch the way he runs and everything. And it was like, okay, like fluid runner, definitely not explosive, definitely doesn't feel like that Kyle Shanahan style running back. And then you watch Mitchell and you see he's more of that one cut not really making guys miss in the open field, but, you know, he runs hard, finishes run. And we didn't think that he ran quite to the 4-3 speed, but we yeah. thought he was fast, like 4-4-5 four, four, yeah. type guy, which I feel like he showed today on that Yeah, he run. showed it. Yeah, he has that speed. He, he doesn't have a lot of wiggle. He has the one step downhill. That's it. He doesn't give you the next wiggle. But that's all you need in Shanahan's offense, and I like that for him. They toss it out wide. He hits the hole, boom, and if it's there, he's going to have a big gain, but he gets the the tough yards too. So I, I like that from Mitchell is getting some tough yards as well as making some big plays. And he does have some top-end speed. He's not uh, he's not Mostert 4-3. And by the way, Mostert, 
two carries and out of the game? Oh my God. Again, like Mostert, he, he, he's so good and he's never going to have the opportunity to be the full-time guy. And it's frustrating for me. With most of it is, you know, when we talk about him, it's like, hey, man, he, he can be a 12, 1,300-yard rusher if he stays healthy, right? Like, that's always the – well, if he does this and two carries in, look sweet on both carries. And then, wait a minute, like, he's hurt. Like, when did this happen? Like, that's tough. But then you get Mitchell in there, and I thought he ran extremely well. There were some – there were some, I don't want to say, like, rookie-looking runs where – it's like, man, you can tell like there's that cutback lane and he just kind of missed it. And, and you know, certain runs where he's just like, okay, like it's designed for me to just run here. So I'm just going to run there. Like you could see some of that, like maybe not just fully comfortable first NFL game. But for the most part, I thought he ran well. I thought he ran strong. I thought he looked fast. I thought he finished runs very well. Yes. It was, it was impressive. Now, I mean, we don't know how good Detroit's Lions defense is. And it wasn't one we that know. was hyped up to be good. We do know. We do know they're f- awful. They're, they were yeah. the worst. They were the 32nd-ranked defense in the league last year. I don't know if they're going to be better this year. They're bad. And that's really what saved the 49ers in this game is the Lions have an awful, awful defense. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it did. It did say the 49ers. But, man, I mean, all of it very, very intriguing uh, from the standpoint of just how they're running the ball, and then you had Hasty come in on the on the goal line, which again you talk you alluded to it a little bit talking about the two quarterback system, and I want to say it was Jimmy Garoppolo in, and he handed it off to him, but I just assumed like you we would see Trey Lance in, in that situation, and I mean it gives you a dual threat option. I mean, really yeah. three options you can you can run it with your quarterback, you can run it with the running back, you can you know. Uh, Fake this, fake that. Then I mean, you just make so much. You make it so much difficult, so much more difficult on the defenses when Trey Lance is in there. And you know, I think with Jimmy Garoppolo in there in that area, you kind of take that away. Yeah, that's interesting because Trey Lance entered the game in the red zone, but not goal line red zone, which is where right. I think he would be the the ultimate spot to have someone like him. You know, old Cam Newton style, uh, because it just gives you an extra. Uh, an extra chess piece when you're trying to score a touchdown there. And um, the, the time we saw it in the preseason against the Raiders. What yeah. did that look like? Like when they had everybody going which way and he ended up keeping it. Yeah. Like that is difficult because you have to be extremely disciplined as a defense. And most of the time, like somebody's going to mess up and he gets to read that. Sorry, I was muted there. Um, so excited to talk about Jamichael Hasty's one carry for three yards, his touchdown run at the goal line there. But what's crazy is. Elijah Mitchell, it was straight up running back one usage. As soon as, and I'm guessing Raheem Mostert was going to be treated as running back one and carry the load as much as he could. Two carries, 20 yards. Like Mostert is so good for Kyle Shanahan's scheme. But once he left the game, it was all Mitchell. 19 carries, 104 yards, five and a half yards per pop with the long touchdown run, the 38 yarder. It was all Mitchell all the time. He was the dude in the offense. uh, And that was pretty eye opening with Trey Sermon sitting in a jumpsuit on the bench, not hurt, healthy scratch. Wow, that was something I did not see coming. I didn't see it coming either, but it, it I could see it making sense. And my initial reaction was, well, they're keeping three backs, Mitchell for special teams purposes, but maybe well, they just like the way Mitchell runs more. Yeah, and, then, so, more. and I think maybe because Mitchell, once 
Mostert got hurt, Mitchell can't be the kick returner because now he's your main running back. So then Ambry Thomas was back there returning kicks. Yeah. Not impressive, right? Returning kicks. Like I wasn't super pumped on Ambry Thomas returning kicks, but you know, he didn't fumble the ball or whatever. So like, I don't even know what the 49ers are trying to do with the kick. It's there. His ability is there. I can see like, I can see, I can see him breaking off a nice chunk, but I don't feel like he's threatening uh, kickoff coverage every single time he touches mm-hmm. the ball. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I've his felt- movement's ability, I could see him trying not to mess up. It's like, okay, like I'm in my first NFL game. Like, don't man, up. like this is real. I can't fumble. He was kind of running like he had that on his mind. Oh my gosh, there's so much more to talk about. Really quick, we got to talk about. So we talked about Elijah Mitchell. That was surprising. Trey Sermon on the bench and not even suited up. Brandon Ayuk. What was that? Zero not not a starter. Debo and Sherfield are the starters. Sanu's wide receiver three. Brandon Ayuk was wide receiver four in this game. Not targeted at all. A complete afterthought. Listen. What is going on, Croc? He, if people go back, and I pointed this out, and I just thought maybe it was just kind of just a rotation thing or whatever. But if you go back to the Chargers game and you look, and, and look at when Ayuk is on the field. Like, the first few snaps of the game, it was it was Sherfield in, not Ayuk. And then eventually Ayuk came in. But I was just thinking, well, maybe it just was personnel things or whatever. But he might just be in the doghouse like we saw the report. I noticed it in that Chargers game, though. I noticed wow. it, and I pointed it out to people like, man, like, you know, like I, I felt like Trent Sherfield was, well, he's, I don't want to say on the same level, level playing field as other guys, but it's like, well, he's in on first down. He's in on second down. Oh, okay. Then IU comes in and I'm like, okay, this is going to be kind of the rotation. That's why I was telling guys, I think I tweeted it out Friday or Thursday. I was like, get Trent Sherfield for, for uh fantasy football, you know, because I saw the usage, but I didn't think it was going to be, IU just having zero <laughs> targets. I thought it was more of a IU hamstring thing. And I know I knew Sherfield was earning playing time. And I thought he might be, you know, the third wide receiver. I thought that was big for Sherfield to just be the wide receiver three ahead of maybe Sanu. But he was the straight-up starter. Wow. And Debo Samuel heavily targeted in this game. Debo Samuel was wide receiver one. Debo Samuel was healthy. Aside from that fumble at the end of the game, was awesome. Nine catches, 189 yards, and a touchdown. The big 79-yarder making plays after the catch. I love seeing that with Garoppolo hanging in there, taking a hit, letting his wide receiver make a play, and Debo went and snatched the chain and made a play. Love that. Listen, Debo Samuel in from the 2019 class with DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown and those guys and, and Terry McLaurin, he's kind of the forgotten one because he had a very solid rookie year but then missed most of last year, and it was a weird season even then, but mm-hmm. – he is really good. Debo is really good. He's different. I get it. It's not going to look like IU. It's not going to look like Terry McLaurin. It's not going to look like DK. But it will definitely look like an AJ Brown. Like that. That's how he plays. And we saw that today. When you just give him opportunity, everybody think he can't win vertically. He always went like he wins. Like right now, he's only had like three vertical targets. Like just really downfield, like go routes. He's got three out of four of them. He's seventy five percent. He's got balls. He's scoring yeah. touchdowns off of it. He's got ball skills. He's physical. He'll go up and win those contested catches. I like that from Debo Samuel. The other thing about Ayuk, he was also benched from punt returning, and they put Sanu back there. <laughs> Sanu runs a four seven. He's returning punts. What is going on? <laughs> like here, here's the but here's the thing. So this is what gets me about the Shanahan doghouse thing. 
traded up for Dante Pettis, goes in the doghouse, disappears forever. I don't want to see Trey Sermon and Brandon Ayuk disappear forever. Is this like is this like a tactic for Shanahan to try to get something more out of guys? He traded up for both of those guys. He traded up for Joe Thomas. They traded up for C.J. Beathard. They traded up for Dante Pettis. They traded up for Brandon Ayuk and Trey Sermon. The, like, uh, what is? I don't get it. What What the hell is going on, Croc? Well, you talked about my buddies were going to get on me about that. And oh, one were they thing on you? My, I my bet you got texts, right? They blown you up. Oh yeah, well we just had this big discussion and we talked about it on the podcast and, and on, on the latest podcast, and then it goes into the game zero targets. And my guy said, Listen, I don't care what C Lamb does. He said he coach ain't putting him in the doghouse because he's too good. So maybe Ayuk's just not that guy. It's hard to argue today. Yesterday I would have argued with that dude. It's hard to argue right now. Yeah. It's it's wild. All right, we got to talk about the defensive side you, you, of the ball. You, well, real quick, okay. one, one thing. I mean, people have to understand. Kyle Shanahan is a no nonsense throwback style coach. So if these guys aren't doing what they're supposed to do, if he feels like they're slacking off in any area, he's had these conversations with all their guys, all of his guys. Whether it was Dante Pettis, who he traded up to get, uh, or Kendrick Bourne, who was an undrafted guy, like that conversation that's uncomfortable for those guys with a killer with a spoon, like. He has that conversation with him. If he's not, if you're not showing him what he wants to see, you will end up in that dog house. And I don't think he cares where you were drafted. He you, wants his guys to be a certain way. He wants them to carry themselves a certain way. I, I think that's very clear. He, he, he wants to win. What do you think he it is? Gotta with get Ayuk? these guys to buy into uh, every aspect of what it takes to win. Is Ayuk not running the routes specifically the way he wants to? Freelancing too much? I've got the feeling that. Pettis' thing was he was like an artist and didn't want to run the routes exactly the way Shanahan did. And, and like sometimes the route is designed not for you to get the ball. It's not for you to get open. It's for you to make somebody else open. Uh, do you think it's physicality? Do you think it's work ethic off the field? Like wh- what do you think it is? I, I just – I remember uh, week three, my senior year of college, and I was a senior, I was a team captain, everything, and I got benched because they didn't, and they didn't like the way – that I was carrying myself. They didn't like the way I was practicing. They didn't like the way I was carrying myself. And the benching obviously like ended up like, you know, lighting a fire under me and I ended up being all conference and everything. But like that happened. I got in the doghouse and I wish they would have at least came and talked to me about it. Nobody came and told me until it blew up in the meeting and I tried to fight everybody. And then, <laughs> and then I tried Whoa, to fight wait, so it was like a situation where they're like, all right guys, here's week one depth chart Crocker. Guess no, what? week You're one I was good. Week two I was good. Wasn't giving up catches or anything. Week three we lost, and then we come into the mid-season. Sunday night meeting and look at the depth chart, and I'm not starting, and they have a freshman playing over me. And I had no idea where this came from. And I was playing it cool, and we're, we're in there, and we're watching the film, and, and he's like, look at this. Like, he's circling me. Coach Scott, I love Coach Scott to death, but he's circling me. And I'm like, well, what would you like me to do different here? He was like, well, Crocker, if you don't know what you could have done better, you're just a sorry case for a football player. And I was like, well, wow. I guess I'm sorry then. Then one of the coaches was like, man, shut up. Shut the F up, Crocker. Shut the F up. So now I'm really – and I'm not young at this time. Remember, I was out three years before I went back to junior yeah. college. And this is at my senior year at the university. So, like, 
Bro, who are you talking to? Like, you can see me outside right now. So I try to fight him. And because I didn't know, I felt like ganged up on, you know. But I wish somebody would have just came to me and had the conversation about, hey, if you don't like the way you're carrying yourself, you need to set the example for the younger guys, show them, blah, blah, blah. And I'd have been like, yes, yes, coach. I'm sorry. My apologies. Never had that conversation until it blew up. But, anyways, I got in the doghouse for, for those reasons, for how they felt I was carrying myself at practice, not practicing hard or whatever. And maybe that could be what's going on with some of these guys when Kyle Shanahan lights in, lights into them. Okay, you you know, what's one thing with all these guys that we're seeing? They all had some level of success as rookies, right? Akilah Williamson mm-hmm. had some level of success as rookies. He finished strong. Dante Pettis finished extremely strong to his rookie year. Brandon Ayuk played very well throughout his rookie year when he was healthy. So you look at these guys, and maybe they come in the year two, and he doesn't think maybe that they're doing something as well as Ayuk started training camp. He, he seemed like he didn't finish that way. And something something changed, and Kyle didn't like it. Yeah, and drafted high on top of it. So drafted high, play well. You think, okay, I've arrived. I've earned my spot. Maybe I can just put it in cruise control, and I, I'm here. He's trying know. to nip it in the bud now because that's something that can it can it can start. It can go way off the tracks this way. You got to reel him in right now. But, you know, some of these guys – you would hope, and maybe they have somebody that does this. Maybe Kyle's just like the authoritarian type parent, and it's just like, look, this is what it is. And hopefully there's somebody, Wes Welker, somebody that comes and puts their arm around Ayuk and says, look, this is what you, you – you okay? You see, you see this can go the other way really quick in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to find out if you can play or not, if you can take this coaching – so you just got to take it. Yep, this is the right time to yeah. do it. Like a, a beatable team, the Detroit Lions, you're like, look, this is the this is the week to make a statement and then be able to come back. So we'll see what's going on with Trey uh, Sermon and Brandon Ayuk going forward. We probably won't get much information with Kyle Shanahan, but maybe we'll get some sound from him this week that'll uh, clarify some of that situation. Next, let's talk a little bit more about defense. We got to give out some game balls as well in this game, and we, we'll dive way deeper into all this stuff all this week right here on Locked On 49ers, but we got to get out some game balls next. All right, football fans, tell me if this sounds familiar. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for some other good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And that would be the best part, except there's also no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. There is something for everyone at Built.com. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. Uh, If you don't know, the Built Bar flavors... You're missing out because there's so many good ones. Peanut butter, my number one. You got coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Those are the originals, but they are always rolling out specialty flavors. So go to built.com, buy yourself a box, mix your own box of built bars. 
Not only are those Built Bar flavors the best tasting protein bar out there, they are healthy too. Check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only four or five grams of sugar and only four or five grams of net carbs in every bar. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, and Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% at Built.com. Huge development in this game, Croc, and I would say there's three players on defense that the 49ers sort of quote unquote couldn't afford to lose. It's it's Debo Sam I mean it's it's um Nick Bosa. I was looking at a Debo Samuel highlight was popping up on my screen. Debo's all, I love Debo. Like I hope he can stay healthy because that's the Debo that you know we all hoped that we could see. Um it's Nick Bosa, it's Fred Warner and it's Jason Verrett. And the 49ers lost one of them, Jason Verrett and it's a feared torn ACL right now. He might be done. That might be it for Jason Verrett. Sad. Mosley already out. Where are the hold on, hold on real quick. Okay. Go back on, on for it. Because this is a guy who's had to fight through so much adversity. That's why I think I feel bad. Like, you know, just somebody tear their ACL, like, dang, that sucks. But for him, the way he has had to battle back, he missed like four straight years yeah. pretty much. And then has a terrific year. And we're looking at it and like, man, like, this is awesome. Great corner. Oh, man, just hopefully he stays healthy. And week one, boom, gone. Week That's one. Here's tough. Do you think that Kyle Shanahan should have had those guys out of the game? It's tough in the NFL, man, because, I mean, you suit up 46 guys. It's, it's very difficult to just get everybody out and be able to still execute. And de- remember, backups, reserves don't get a whole lot of reps in practice. Right. Well, here's the thing I would argue. So, first of all, and when the reserves are in there, they were not as good as the starters, and that was pretty clear. And uh, the Lions are moving the ball. And some of that is, you know, playing some prevent defense and all that. But to me, it's not about – replacing 22 players and all the backups go in to me it's about the guys i mentioned bosa warner verrett get them off the field six minutes in the fourth quarter get them the hell off the field and if your backups aren't good enough to keep a team from coming back from 41 (laughs) to 17 then fire the general manager right that's that's the way i look at it because you you can't 41 to 17 these guys barely played in the preseason you're gonna ramp them up from five snaps to 80 snaps get him the hell out of the game bosa should not have been in there warner should not have been in there verrett should not have been in there when he got hurt i i fully believe that i know it's easy to say now but and look the the lions everything went perfect and they still ran out of time so it didn't matter who was going to be the backups in there but coach up your backups if your backups aren't good enough to play when you have a 41 17 lead with, with six minutes left in the game it's Still, man, it's it's just tough. Like in the NFL, you just don't see that. Like in college, you see it because one, there's way more blowouts, and two, you got hundred man rosters. But in the NFL, I mean, think about it. Like you can go put on a random Patriots game, and you're gonna see Tom Brady still in there, no matter what the score is. Like you just don't see guys really come out like that in the NFL. And I I, I get it. Once you start seeing guys drop, it's like, damn, we gotta get these guys out. And I think even Kyle Shanahan had that revelation where it was like, yeah, we got to start getting guys out. I saw Kawan Williams come out. As soon Every as Thomas that... went in and Lenore played in the slot. Like, he did start taking guys out. As soon as Brett got hurt. Too late. Yeah, all those backups started coming in, actually, as soon as Brett got hurt. And I think he had a little bit of a realization there. 
Um, were you also surprised that Trey Lance didn't play in the fourth quarter with that big lead? I thought that was a perfect opportunity. If he's cleared and he's running zone reads in the in the first quarter of the game, that would have seemed like a perfect opportunity to get Trey Lance in the game and just get some reps. I thought there was an opportunity, but then the 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 Lions scored, and I think that's what like, was like ah nah like okay like there was a, when it was thirty eight to ten. I think if the 49ers would have gotten another stop from there, then, yeah, you would have seen Trey Lance. I think they scored, then the 49ers got, like, a field goal, then they, like, scored again, and I think it was like, okay, can't really put in Trey Lance right now. <laughs> this team is on our ass a little bit, you know. <laughs> was it interesting that Diamador Lenore, the rookie, like, and we'll go deeper into this, I think, in another episode, and we're almost out of time here, and we got to give out our game balls, but Diamador showed up. I think he played well, but it was telling that at the end of the game, the Lions were just throwing at Dante Johnson. They weren't throwing at Demo. They weren't even. Uh, yeah, they, they threw a couple times at Ambry Thomas, but they were throwing at Dante Johnson, the veteran, like over and yeah, over they, again. You know? Do you remember that? What was that sh- that movie where it was like, "Where's my bitch? Where's my bitch? There's my bitch." Then they kick the ball at them, and everybody goes and hit that person. What what movie is that? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh man, was it the replacements or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he sees the guy, and he's just like a slobbering idiot. And he's like, okay, yeah. that's the guy. Yeah, I know, I know. I, that's I, what I, they, yeah, the replacements. They, they yeah, Dante Johnson. I remember that. Okay. And they were like, there he is. And they went after him. And you know what? People, okay, Dante Johnson. I get it. It's like, oh my gosh, Dante Johnson. Oh, he keeps coming in. He keeps having to play and whatnot. But it's like, dude, he only had to play because you're down to like your fifth corner. Like he's not somebody, like he's your last case scenario. And I thought for how much he was targeted, thought he held up well obviously he had their back shoulder on the goal line ball came right now and he wasn't able to make a play on it uh gave up a four-yard touchdown or whatever it was but he was targeted uh down the field several times he made plays on the ball a couple more landed out of bounds there was one time where they ran a terrific route concept with a post and then a deep out underneath it and he's running with the post and he flips off the post and he kind of like pushes the guy out of bounds after he catches it but i'm like okay like He's aware of what's going on, and, and and I feel like that's what he's there for, to be able to fill in in that type of situation. He typically would not be on the field if it were not for Mosley being out, Verrett being out, and Embry Thomas not being ready. So you got to play a, a Dante Johnson. But I, I thought for what he is, you which is your fifth or sixth corner, he he played he played well. It could have been worse. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it was a factor of Dante Johnson playing poorly. I also think it was that the defensive line was gassed and they couldn't get after the quarterback really well at that point late in the fourth quarter. But also I think it was more of a a, a hat tip to Lenore that you weren't going after him. Like they weren't going after the rookie at all. And now, I think that says a lot about him. Well, they did target him one time and uh, we call this a long foul ball. Where it was just, oh, he was beat by a few yards, but they just overthrew it. You know, I'll take it. But that goes back to my initial analysis on him, where I question that, like that, just pure long speed, that pure yeah. deep speed, and you know, on a play like that, like you, you see that lack of of it. You know, uh, it, it worries me a little bit, and and that's why I think long term he is more of a nickel. I have to watch a little bit more. I don't want to like say that like definitively, but. There's just something that keeps kind of, you know, popping up in my head that is like, ah, I think he's kind of just missing that part. I don't know. But he played well. He played well. Rookie, rookie, first NFL start, start your first NFL game. 
wasn't an issue all game. I think he maybe gave up one catch for like four, three yards. Yeah, solid. I don't know how you can call him a nickel when dude's a starting outside corner in his first <laughs> NFL game, Croc. Uh, you're disrespecting Demo, I, I think, a little bit there. Um, I like <laughs> You know, he's good. Uh, so uh, Josh Norman didn't even suit up. Is that just because he just joined the team? Yeah, I think I think just joined. Okay, somebody pointed out, but remember, like suiting up next uh, week for Jimmy sure. Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo showed up, and I don't think anybody thought that C.J. Beathard and 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 whoever else was better, and Nick Mullins yeah. were better than uh, Jimmy G. But yeah, he didn't know, play he for like to, five. He games. had to kind of sit a little bit and kind yeah. of learn, and, until Kyle Shanahan felt like he was comfortable with what they were trying to do with him. We got to give out some game balls, Croc, to finish up this podcast. Would you like to do the honors? Would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? I'm no, excited. I'll go first, man. Okay, uh, go for it. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, man, he's faced a lot of scrutiny this offseason. Stepped right in, uh, was extremely efficient outside that one fumble right away. But threw the ball downfield. Wasn't a pretty ball. Debo and Samuel adjusted, but I've always said it, man. Like, just give these guys an opportunity, man, and playmakers make plays. Debo made a play. But I thought all night he was pretty sharp. He threw a couple like behind. I mean, whatever. I'm not going to nitpick his game. Wasn't perfect. He yeah. played very well. He so. played pretty well. His first incompletion was like two minutes before the the first half was over. <laughs> yeah, it was a spike. Yeah, and he he hung in there. the The throw to Debo, he got hit while he was throwing it too. So like that's yeah. the other thing is like he's he's tough. He'll take hits in the pocket while he's throwing the football. So I was impressed with Jimmy G. Uh, I thought it was a really good first game for him. Uh, I want. I almost want to take the game ball away because the first name I wrote down was Debo Samuel, but that fumble at the end of the game is unacceptable. I almost want to take it away. Yeah, it, it wasn't good. Can we take good, that away? Again, or can, we give him a, can we give him a game ball for his 170? Still give him a game ball. I mean, okay. he almost had 200 receiving yards. All right. So. All right, he gets one. He gets one. He, a big he almost, he's going to be like, that was like guys from that class. over half of his receiving yards from last year in week one. <laughs> All right. One game in. Let's go. All right, who else gets a game ball? Oh man, uh, um, Elijah Mitchell, rookie, yeah. comes in and just—I mean—runs for over a hundred yards. Like you said, terrific average. Uh, stepped in in a situation where he was not supposed to be the guy. You know, it was supposed to be him sharing the load with Raheem Mostert. He comes in and he's just like, nah, like uh, hasty, tasty, hasty, or whatever. What, what is uh, Papa Greg Papa call him? Tasty, hasty. Uh, hasty like, no, is tasty. I think. Yeah, you're, you're only gonna get one catch. All right, I mean, one touch. I'm getting all these other ones. I'm eating them. I'm running. And you can tell, I think even he started to get a little gas. But rookie runs for over 100 yards, has a nice long touchdown. Awesome. I mean, he's the dude, and he showed up, played well. There's no reason for Sermon to jump back over him at this point, right? So It's going to be tough. It, Sermon's it, in trouble. At, at best for Sermon, he's the 1A to Mitchell, or he's the 1B to Mitchell's 1A if Mostert misses some time. It looked like Mostert was walking around okay. I, I don't think it's a huge injury for Raheem Mostert. We'll find out what that is. But uh, Elijah Mitchell passed the test, and if they have to lean on him, as long as he's healthy, he looks like he's going to be fine. So, yeah, that, uh, he definitely deserves a game ball in this game. I'm going to give a game ball to Aziz Alshair, who's all over the place. Multiple tackles for loss, competitive, barking a little bit with uh, Williams, the running back from the Lions. Um, and t- to be honest with you, I thought Al Shair played a lot better than Dre Greenlaw. I know Greenlaw had the pick six, but Greenlaw was getting knocked around in the running game on the second level. Ragnow got to him a few times. Um, and I got to give props to how bad the Lions roster is, but how good they played. They didn't quit. 
So I think that bodes well for Dan Campbell. And on offense, I like some of the things they did. And their offensive line was strong. They came right at the 49ers. And they were able to do some things inside. But uh, Al Shair impressed me. So I'm going to give Al Shair a game ball for the defensive side. Definitely. Guy out there has been flying around really since he got with the 49ers. I think he was wearing number 40-something. And people didn't really care. Wait, yeah. should I talk yeah, about numbers? Number. We, 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 we had a, we had a, a listener say we spend too much time talking about numbers. So I'm not going to talk about his numbers. But It took me a while to figure out who people were in this game with all the number changes, too. I was like, who the hell is that I, guy? I, 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 like, thought, I, I like thought, him flying around out there. I thought Tart was like a an outside linebacker, defensive end at first. I was like, who, who's that guy with the single digit? What is that? I was like, oh, yeah, it's Tart. He's just huge. Yeah, he looked good out there. Yeah. But um, he looked good, like, his aesthetics. But uh, I think my, my last game ball, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Lenore. Right, just mm-hmm. again, rookie come in and, and they don't try you. They try Dante Johnson. <laughs> you know, um, I, I just could. I, I I bet just being a rookie and coming in your first NFL start on the road that has to be nerve wracking. And I thought he played very well, so I'm gonna give that. That'll be my last game ball, but I'm gonna give it to him. I like it. Those are all well-deserving game balls. Week one win for the 49ers. It feels odd. The the Verrett injury, the Mostert injury. The the weird comeback that made, I think, fans way too uncomfortable for having a huge lead and for that being a blowout game. But the 49ers did come out victorious. They are 1-0. The Philadelphia Eagles looked better than I expected in week one against the Atlanta Falcons, by the way. So that's a legitimate opponent next week, staying on the road for the 49ers. But we've got more to get into with this game. I've got a ton of notes. I know you have a ton of notes on this game. I think Nick Winkler's gone Wednesday, but we might get with him for a quick segment on tomorrow's pod. And then we'll start looking ahead to week two as well. Uh, Much more to come on this game and every other game this season right here. Locked on 49ers. Touchdown, Trey Area! Are you? Are you? Trey Area! He's looking f***ing good, man.